0: Talking industry, topical debate from the worlds of automation, manufacturing, and engineering. Brought to you by DFA Manufacturing Media.
1: Hello and welcome to another Talking Industry podcast. My name is Aaron Bluchstein and I'm Managing Editor for Smart Futures Portal, Plants and Works Engineering, and Hydraulics and Pneumatics Magazines. I'm joined today by Marcus Pont. CEO and Co-Founder of Domin. Marcus Pont is an expert in mechanical engineering, focusing on high-performance hydraulic valves and systems. He leads a business focusing on key aspects of the product development process, from key knowledge of the technology, through to financing the R&D of new products and technology, and managing business strategy. Marcus, thanks for joining me for this Talking Industry Podcast today. I'd like to start by asking you if you could give listeners a short overview of Domin's history and how you got involved in the creation of of the company.
0: Hi, Aaron, thanks very much for the introduction. It's great to be here. So Domin was founded 11 years ago now, and the company history has been really split into three phases. We launched the company with a vision to bring transformational change to an industry knowing that we could use technology to radically change the way things are done. In the beginning, we focused really around developing ideas and exploring what was possible using modern technologies such as metal 3D printing, high performance control, modern electronics, and trying to find the best place to put this. We found that hydraulics was an industry that was really ready for change. And so we built on that foundation to develop products that could bring transformational change to that industry. From there, we went much more into uh, a product development phase, where we focused on implementing that technology into real-life products that we could bring to market. And that's where we first developed the high-performance servo valves that we sell today. And that period took a number of years. Bringing hardware to market is a hard, long journey. And in 2019, we launched that product to market. And since then, we've been in this phase of growth and further technology development, where we're moving much more into subsystem and system development around suspension, brake by wire technology, and further hydraulic system integration. So it's been an interesting ride.
1: Yeah, that sounds. I mean, how how did you um, from your background? Um, I mean, you're 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 very young, and how did you how, how did you kind of form the company? How did you get
0: involved in it? So I studied mechanical engineering at Bath University, mm-hmm. and I got a great background of the general principles of engineering. And from there, I was lucky enough to meet our co-founder Andrew Collins, and we met through um, a mutual connection. And I joined the company where he was working at the time, it was an aerospace company. Mm -hmm. And Andrew was in the management team of that business. And I joined as an engineer. And as a, a business, we were developing really fun, cool technology within aerospace. And after a few years, we were able to say, okay, now is the time that we can actually go and do something by ourselves. And those early years were really foundational for me. I learned a lot of the principles that I applied today. And really, Domin was formed with this vision to bring positive change. We knew that technology could make things better. And we knew that technology could solve problems. And in the early stages of the company, I still formed a significant part of the supporting on the design developing commercial relationships growing into the finance and mm-hmm. over the years helped develop that leadership role and so the beginning was a really interesting time of learning and exploration and my roles evolved over time to grow into the leadership position I've had today and it's been a fortunate journey that I've been on but one that's been hard fought hard work and I've, I've learned an incredible amount over the over the years
1: i mean you, you say that you've designed um the, the company's designed hyd- hydraulic servo valves that make systems much more efficient cost effective and therefore more sustain- sustainable how different is this um technology to what's actually currently out there at the moment and, and, and what, what
0: impact is, is it having At the moment in the industry they rely on technology that really has some severe uh, compromises within it. So there are two key products that our competitors use within the valve world. One of them was developed in the 1950s and it uses this really clever hydraulic amplification to be able to transform a very low amount of electrical energy into mm-hmm. a very high amount of hydraulic power. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's an incredible product that was designed yeah, 70 years ago. And that has some real consequences in its use of energy. Um, but it has a tiny electric motor that means it can be used without electrical current. Now, that was really important 70 years ago because electronics were big. Yeah. And then the competing technology are big direct drive valves that use big electric motors, um, really quite basic electronics. And they come with compromises of being huge and relatively slow. And if you like, what we've been able to do is achieve the best of both. But in order to do that, we didn't really copy anything from either of them. We went right back to first principles. And what we found when developing new technology is if you want to make a breakthrough, you have to go right back to the beginning and ask yourselves, what actually do we want to achieve with this product? What's the functional requirement? And really with valves, it's about opening and closing a hole as quickly and precisely as possible over and over again. And when you know, that's what you've got to achieve, then you can be really creative with how you do it. And, So there are some overlaps because opening and closing a hole requires an edge that opens a hole but actually the type of motor technology we use the type of control theory we use the manufacturing techniques everything is otherwise very different but we also recognize that in order to enter the market new company new brand new technology Mm -hmm. to, to make things as easy as possible and so whilst the way we achieve the outcome is really different the outcome is largely following the same rules so we have the same interfaces people can connect it to manifolds that they have today they can use electrical connectors that they have today Mm -hmm. Um, it's sort of almost recognizable to what they've got but it achieves a much faster smaller more lightweight product that means we can do more than our competitors
1: yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you you obviously highlighting how hydraulic systems rely on 27 seventh twentieth century designs. Um, I, I think you also say on your website that um, that they're only twenty percent efficient. That's um, and and that you're developing state of the art technology that increases efficiency of all systems by ninety five percent. Is is that have I got that pretty much pretty close? Yeah,
0: it's that's must- quite a. Quite, quite amazing. It is quite amazing, and I think probably the thing that's most amazing actually is that it's well known and recognised that the average efficiency of hydraulic systems is around the twenty percent mark. Mm-hmm. There was a study carried out by Oak National Laboratory in two thousand and twelve that looked across multiple sectors worked across the whole supply chain from manufacturers to OEMs to end users, to the suppliers of the products to analyze the efficiency of these systems. And it it is around, I think, specifically 23%. And there's a, a remarkable position where hydraulics is an industry that is everywhere and nowhere at the same time. And so you have these incredible situations where people know that an aeroplane uses energy but it's easy to point at an aeroplane in the sky it's hard to point at the hydraulic hoses and the hydraulic pumps within the aeroplane and say well this is where the energy is being used Mm -hmm. and the technology that's used in aerospace hydraulics was developed in the 1950s and there was this huge amount of technological development that happened then and some incredible products that came out of it. But what you see over time is that in order for technology to change in an industry, there needs to be something that gives a significant enough benefit or a significant enough change that it creates a dislocation. So if something only changes things by a few percent, it doesn't really happen. And all of the incredible progress we made towards the end of the 20th century and the early 21st century around the internet and electronics and things like that, none of those things had quite the potential to disrupt hydraulics. So they were incredible things that came along, but none of them really impacted the industry that we're in. And what we have found is that there is still no one single panacea of technology that actually will disrupt the industry. It requires the combination of several. And so for us, that looks like metal 3D printing. It looks like super power dense brushless DC motors, modern electronic control theory, and a few other things like that. And what we found is when you combine those things together and really rethink the way you approach design, it's when you do that that you can create enough technology disruption that creates the benefit to change. Without any one of those things, you wouldn't quite achieve it. But it's by doing all of those that we can make this big change.
1: It, it almost seems like, um, I mean, when you look at a lot of um, uh, systems and, and products in the market, uh, not just in hydraulics, but across across the board, most of them tend to be focused around software development you know, yeah. really changing um, or, or, or developing software that helps the product. You seem to be in the you know, kind of the mindset that you, you're actually changing the, the, the hardware.
0: Yeah, and software can bring a huge amount of benefits to things and it can help optimize systems.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We've, we've seen a lot of work go into software development and unfortunately that hard tech hasn't progressed now, what we've seen in other spaces, like the automotive industry, is when the hardware does change, Tesla brought a new hardware to the industry. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. It can change everything. And the same thing's possible within hydraulics. There are, our competitors are looking at creating connected technology and mm. looking at predictive maintenance and things like that. And that's great because that does help progress things. But actually, without really fundamentally changing the hardware, there's only so far you can push it. So if the maximum efficiency is, let's say, 40%, then you can only ever get to that with the hardware that you've got. So we've, we have we recognise that actually it's the hardware that needs to change because it's the use of energy that's important rather than just how you use it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it... It's, uh, it, it it really does strike me that it's a, a, it's a real change to the uh, to the industry. Um, yeah, I mean, just just moving on. I mean, what um, so, so what does uh, sustainability actually mean for you and for Domin? I mean, for example, should we be removing fossil fuels completely from the energy mix and possibly quite quickly?
0: Sustainability is another one of those things that means lots of different things to lots of different people. And at Domin, we really think about sustainability, meaning the ability to do things today without harming the future and making sure that we deliver everything that people want and more today, but in a way that means we can still be doing those things in, in 50 years time in 100 years time and 200 years time. And really the solution for us for sustainability is technology led. It's about developing technology that allows us to do more with less that's really how we achieve sustainability that then means the energy mix becomes a little bit less important and fossil fuels electricity hydrogen all these different ways of generating and transferring energy become really important and they all will have their own place in the world and like so many things in life in business and in technology it's very rare that there's one single thing that becomes the only solution And so we envisage a world where we use technology to use energy in such an efficient and effective way that the source of the energy becomes less important and the mix will get defined by the best way to achieve that sustainability goal which is delivering everything we want without harming the future
1: so uh, i suppose you've heard this before but sort of evolution rather than kind of revolution (laughs)
0: yes and i think for us we are looking at invention definitely we are inventing new things Mm -hmm. we're not continuing with the current state of the art and we do see this as a revolutionary opportunity to to bring things that couldn't be done before Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. we have an, an application within automotive that is an active suspension system now Active suspension system has been something that's been looked at and thought about for 40 years. It first came to Formula One a long time ago. And by using the really high speed control of hydraulic oil that we have and the efficient use of energy within a hydraulic system, we're able to use hydraulics in an active suspension technology that just was never possible before. Mm -hmm. And it allows us to really add a layer of complexity and intelligence to that particular system that again just wasn't possible so instead of now having a a car that will drive around and react to the road that it is driving along we now have the ability to be proactive and make choices about what we do with the suspension so that it can behave in whatever way it is that the driver wants it to behave and these things just weren't possible before largely because of the cost and energy use within hydraulics.
1: Would you say this is the
0: direction of travel for the industry? The industry knows that it needs to progress its use of energy and its intelligence. Mm -hmm. And we see a lot of our competitors looking at adding intelligence to their technology, looking at predictive maintenance, looking at being able to understand how things are used so that they can be designed more effectively. And we also see the whole industry looking to try and address its use of energy. Mm-hmm. Without doubt there's a collective push to progress how we do these things. But I think for Domin, we're the only ones that have the answer for the next ten to twenty years. and the the technology that we've developed, the revolution that we've brought into into motion, is the one that we think is going to stick, and in the end, we'll start to see, that we create the settled technology of the future, and that the Domin style valves and systems will be ones that are adopted across the industry.
1: You must be quite excited about all this.
0: <laughs> An incredible, ex- incredibly exciting time. And we just spoke through this morning with the company about our growth plans over the next year, and mm. we're going to more than double in the next twelve months in size. And that's an incredibly exciting time. It has all the challenges that come with growth, but there aren't many places within the industry that we're in, or even within hardware engineering that are looking to grow 100% year on year in employee size and revenue and opportunity. And so it's an incredibly exciting place. And we're surrounded by an incredible team of people that share in that excitement and share in the vision to really make the industry better.
1: Now, are you uh, are you um, expanding not just uk but globally is that is that your vision or or, or you already um, going into other markets
0: so- we're really a global company the industry is global and the the application of our technology goes all across the world we we operate today in every region of the world We have the majority of our revenue and our customers are outside the UK already. And so we've taken an international first approach, knowing that this industry is huge. The cars that are developed in Germany, that are developed in America, um, we have to look globally. And so we've been successful in entering lots of different markets already and indeed lots of different sectors as well. And it's something that we pride ourselves on at Domin. is our ability to engage with a really wide variety of people across the globe and deliver the solutions that they need and want to do things the way that they need to be done.
1: Are there any other developments that's, that are taking place at Domin at the moment or that you can share with uh, with listeners? Or is it...
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the real question, isn't it, that we can share. Probably the, the most exciting ones that we can talk about publicly at the moment is looking to progress not from just the control of fluid that's already had the energy generated within it but really moving into a world where we're the ones that are generating the pressure generating the flow as well Mm -hmm. and that's about combining this really high speed hydraulic control with the energy generation of hydraulic pumps and it's when we combine those things together into these little micro power packs is where the development becomes the next level of complexity and the next level of value add. And that's really where actually that energy efficiency increases at double digit percentages. And the best application of those technologies today are within break by wire systems, where we have completely distributed break by wire systems that are electrically signaled, electrically controlled, but hydraulically actuated at source. And so it's a decentralized hydraulic system that it allows and promotes electrification but also provides the response and the power that's needed within braking systems and then the same thing within active suspension where we have distributed control but it's electrically signaled, electrically powered but again hydraulically actuated which brings all the benefits of hydraulics with sort of none of the downsides
1: well i think there's quite a lot to be um uh, to be referring to Domin for in the future. <laughs> um, unfortunately, time is running out. So I, I'd just like to ask one final question. Um, it's Obviously, it seems that Domin is disrupting the hydraulics industry, but where do you hope the company will be in five years' time? And, and where do you think the industry will be?
0: In five years' time, we are, look to be a company that has a much bigger global presence, a place where we're internationally recognized as pioneers within the hydraulics industry, where we have technology in production commercially in automotive, aerospace and industrial settings, but also where we have a global manufacturing presence. We have a company that is maybe 10 times the size where we are today and really sitting on the the global scale. The industry, I think, is going to follow suit. I think the industry recognises that it needs to change and it's going to be looking to companies like ours to lead the way. Well, uh,
1: that's great, Marcus. Um, Thanks so much for your time and good luck with all your projects.
0: Thanks so much, Aaron. Really appreciate the opportunity to discuss with you. Thank you for listening to Talking Industry. Stay tuned across all podcast apps, follow us on social, subscribe to our newsletters and keep up to date at talkingindustry.org.